0: Okay, well, it was a while ago, it was 20 years ago, actually, last month that the bridge opened. Wow. And, um, you know, standing on this side of 20 years, I go, wow, too, every single day. I, I can hardly contain myself, really, when I walk through and I see all the different missionaries that are working and volunteers that are serving and the people that are being transformed and the different things that we have the privilege to offer to many... Uh, in our community, to many of the volunteers that come, and also to uh, the missionaries on staff. So I'm going to just give you a really quick sort of synopsis of the different things that we do. Um, But I don't want to spend too much time on that because um, we have a great website that explains all of those things. And um, more importantly, I'd like to invite every single one of you to come down to the bridge and actually uh, put your foot in the door, and hopefully you would have time for a tour. And when you do that, then you're going to really see what's really going on. Okay? All right. So uh, Kids Club, we have developed um, into not just ministering to the kids, but... um, But but the kids, the people that are serving the kids, are actually uh, going in and visiting the homes of these kids. Um, They're getting to know their caregivers, the grandparents, the mothers, the fathers, whoever uh, is the caregiver. Uh, They're ministering to them in practical ways, like helping them move or taking them to an appointment, and more importantly, being a listening, praying ear that, um, that cares about their children and cares about them. Uh, Youth. Well, I just can't have enough time to talk about and brag about the youth. Um, It's so exciting to see what's happening with the youth ministry and how it's continuing to grow. Um, You know, uh, Dalton is the first uh, young man that comes to my mind. He came to the... um, to the bridge, I think he was probably 11 when he started. He uh, graduated last year and has spent this year at Bible School in, I think, Blaine Lake or somewhere like that. Better than that, get this. This kid saved his money and gave $200 to the bridge so that the youth could travel there for a, a worship event that they were putting on. Isn't that great? Rain, young woman, I'll say, started coming to the bridge. I think she was uh, 13, maybe 14, and uh, none of her family were coming, uh, were serving the Lord. Her dad did know the Lord sometime back. Horrendous kind of lifestyle. Today, uh, two Sundays ago, the youth put on our Sunday service. Her dad and her were on the worship team together. (laughs) Yeah. Terry, another young woman that just, you know, trying to hold her family together, trying to go to school, trying to, trying to, trying to do life, um, was on uh, medication for depression and anxiety, uh, came to... A couple of us and said, you know what, I don't want this anymore, and I don't need it because I have Jesus. Yeah. Kendall. Kendall uh, happens to be Ryan and Randy's uh, foster son, and um, he's going to be graduating in uh, a couple of months. And last night I was there... Uh, watching a, a family night movie with them, and just to hear those two kids laughing and enjoying family life. Like, when you, when you think of where they came from and where they would be without that, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming. And the list goes on and on. And this is our future, the youth are our future, right? And so it's just so encouraging to see what they're doing. Men's night. Um, the men are going deeper, uh, you know, repetitively. It doesn't matter if it's minus 40 or if it's, if it's 20 degrees. The weather doesn't hold people back, even though many of them have to walk. And um, they're coming and they're dealing with, with real issues, you know, forgiveness. They're talking about pornography and how can they get free. Uh, just a number of different things that really matter and really uh, position you to be able to move forward with Jesus. Women's ministry has taken a, a little bit of a new approach this year and uh, has become very much more uh, personal and one-on-one with the women. Um, and then once a week they they get together forming a small group. And, um, and we're really seeing some of the, the women that don't normally come to a big thing. They come during the day, but then they wouldn't come to a, a ladies' function, per se. And, and that's really because they don't feel comfortable even among their own. They feel judged for uh, maybe the addiction that they're in, or working the streets, or um, the fact that they've lost their kids. And as they have an opportunity to talk about these things, it brings them into the light. And truth can be spoken in that place. And guess what happens? What happens when the light comes into the darkness? Yeah, they get free. Yeah. And just as you were talking about this morning, we we get renewed, right? And there aren't many places that people can go and do that when they feel like they're under the ground, not even above the ground. And so, yeah. And then you saw a couple of pictures of the uh, sewing room. That's in our teaching wing, and um, uh, it, it, again, you go in there, and the joy that they, that they have. And, and, you know, we had all these, these uh, brand-new sewing machines donated. They're all the same. It's really like a classroom. It's really cool. And, um, but we also have sewing machines that people don't want anymore that were donated. And so, because when you get repetitive of something, I always think, I think you're up to something, God, and I hang on to it. And so that's what we did. And so after these uh, people go through a series of classes, they then qualify for their own machine. And so then we get it, make sure it's up and running, and then they have to use it in the classroom for four weeks so that when they take it home, they actually know how to use it. And so they're just so excited about this. And so you, you saw there, they were using old sweaters that were donated to make beautiful mitts. I mean, they they went downstairs with them on Thursday. They were finished with them. And they had them on, and they were walking around showing everyone could blah, blah, blah. It's so good. Yeah. And then we have a teaching room upstairs, a couple of them, actually. And um, we're teaching right now six different classes in a week. And so things like uh, addiction and recovery, anger management, um, Christianity Explored. We do seven steps with people that are interested, and, of course, prayer ministry. Um, We have a free store, you saw a little picture of that as well. Tons of clothing gets given away. So someone said to me, I don't know, you know, people donate these clothes and... It seems like they, they come back and they're getting more and more clothes. And what are they doing with the old clothes? Anyone have any idea what they do with the old clothes? You're right. (laughs) Who cares? Actually, many of them end up throwing them away because they don't have money to launder them. And they don't have facilities to launder them. So would you rather uh, someone use the clothes that you're not using and at least have clean clothes for a week? Or would you rather... Whatever. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. No strings. That's right. Um, the, the video that wouldn't play, we had another little tiny one, was about the haircuts. So we also offer haircuts and showers. Um, you know, we have uh, about 30 people that get their hair cut in a two-and-a-bit hour span. And that's an exciting day at the bridge, the, the day we're having haircuts. But the showers are also very exciting. Um, if you can imagine uh, a, a common thing like get up in the morning and you, even if you want to, you don't have provisions. And even if you had provisions, you might not have shampoo or soap or... or, or. I mean, this is Saskatoon, guys. Yeah. We're not in some third world country here. Right. Yeah. It just shouldn't happen. And so it's an incredible thing to watch someone go in and head hung low and saying, I need a shower and come out with clean clothes and have had a shower and they feel like a million bucks all right (laughs) It's just so good, yeah, it's so good. You know, a couple of months ago, uh, I saw something that really uh, gripped my heart. And again, I tell you these stories because this is our city um, and we need to know what's going on right here at home. this, this young woman, she came into the bridge. Um, she had a, a hospital band around her wrist. She had just been released from the hospital. It was like minus 28 that day, I think. Um, she had a sweater, no coat. She had pants, of course. And uh, on her feet, she walked from St. Paul's Hospital to the bridge, so from P to J, with those little blue paper shoes that you get, or uh, slippers, whatever they are, that you get at the hospital. Now, what would have happened if we wouldn't have opened up? That's amazing to me. Yeah, Yeah, there's so many things like that. We serve about 300 meals a day, uh, breakfast and lunch, and then for all of our night uh, clubs that we have, or programs that we have in the evening. We have different groups that come and they supply supper for that particular group. Um, So, we, um, as Kendall said, we've been in a um, capital campaign mode. We were in a capital campaign mode for a a season. Not my happy place at all. Um, I really don't believe that we're called to be fundraisers. We're called to announce and uh, bring awareness to what Jesus is doing in the place that He has established. And so, However, we all know that we need money to do those things. Uh, so today, we are in a $2.6 million building that's totally renovated and operational and paid for with the exception of $200,000. I used to be scared to talk about these things because I thought people would think I was proud. But the Lord finally dealt with me, and I don't have to walk in false humility. Because this is not about me. It's not about Brad when he was the board chair. It's not about anybody that works there. It's about the living Jesus Christ. That enables us to do all these things. He's the one. He's the one that's, that's built it. And it's his. You know, a while back, an older Christian man, one that I respect, um, said to me, Wow, he said, you must be feeling great to see your vision completed. That's what I did. <laughs> what? Like, I couldn't believe he said that. Like, what? I couldn't comprehend that, really. And I said, well, it's not complete. You know, I think all too often uh, we look at a thing and we think when that thing, whatever that thing is, or event, or circumstance, or whatever, is complete, uh, we're finished, right? Or It could be even, well, there's a few of us in this room, it could be even you get to that magical age where you can just tune out or check out and you're done. That's not kingdom living. You see, when the Lord gave the vision for the bridge, it was to meet the people where they're at, to accept them as they are, and to share his unconditional love with them. My heart and the heart of the team that I serve with is to see His kingdom come and His will be done in our community. In our community. That can include you. You're part of our community. You've invested and and you're just as much a part as, as we are a part that's there every day. You know, because the Lord showed up in my life with one miracle after another very quickly after I was saved, I just had this burning desire in me from the get-go to see signs and wonders. And I, with everything in me, believe this. I know that we need to have the knowledge of the Word. We need to understand the Word. I know that. But I absolutely believe with everything in me, if we do not have the experiential knowledge of the love of Christ in our own lives personally, we will not get to where he wants us to get to. Absolutely. Amen. He is alive. Yes. He is alive! Yes. <laughs> and he's at work. Yes. He's at work in me, and he's at work in all of us. And we can have as much of him and as much of his power as we want to. But guess what? There's a cost for that. There's a cost for that. This morning I I didn't want to just talk about the bridge. I wanted to um, share with you some things that the Lord has been speaking to us and to me. um, Because you're part of the same body, right? We're the body of Christ. And um, if the Lord is speaking to us over here this, perhaps he's speaking the same thing to you here. Or maybe this is something that you might need to hear because you haven't heard this yet and you have something that I need to hear. Right? That's how we work. Really grateful for this water. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Lord has been speaking to us a number of things. Um, a lot about the kingdom, kingdom living, a lot about faith, a lot about faith, a lot about faith, and a lot about faith. (laughs) He's been speaking to us a lot about alignment. But to my surprise this morning, I felt the Lord wanted to speak a little bit about complacency. You affirm. (laughs) You know, Webster's uh, dictionary defines complacency as being satisfied with how things are. Is anybody in here satisfied with the way things are? You don't need to put up your hand. Don't want to embarrass you. (laughs) Yeah. So, I was looking um, at Luke 12, in verse 16, and I'm having a bit of an issue with my eyes at the moment for reasons I won't get into. So I hope I can read this, because it's hard to see. Uh, Jesus then gave them the illustration. A wealthy landowner um, had a farm that produced bumper crops. In fact, it filled his barns to overflowing. He thought, what should I do now that every barn is full and that I have nowhere else to store more? I know. I know what I'll do. I'll tear down the barns and build one massive barn that will hold all the grain and goods. Then I can just sit back, surrounded with comfort and ease. I'll enjoy life with no worries at all. God said to him, What a fool you are. What a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. So Jesus is is, uh, condemning greed in this passage. And I think, you know, if, if I looked at myself, I would say, well, I'm not greedy. You probably might say the same. But I think the most important thing, the verse in this, is that what a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. You know, um, I, I believe that one of the biggest miracles in Saskatoon has been the story of the bridge. And um, and it isn't just one event, it's 20 years of story, honestly. The Lord has been faithful in growing this ministry as only He can. And right now, um, well, yeah, right now we've seen miracles of healing, um, deliverance, we're witnessing salvation play out before our eyes, um, we're seeing people, uh, you know, attaining things so that they can have more than what they've ever had before as far as life and, and um, stability. And the temptation would be to sit back and enjoy things in comfort and ease. <laughs> I could do that. I have a really nice office now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that you all know that the kingdom of God always has more. There's always more. God never runs out and there's always more. And so we never arrive. That's good news. And things are always exciting because there's always more and there's always something new. And so that's good news. (laughs) You know, when... uh, Jesus invited the people as a guest to the wedding. Um, All of those people were, they were preoccupied with different things, right? They couldn't come because they were preoccupied with different things. Maybe preoccupied with business or their work. or their good works, or their family. Those things are all not bad, but do they take precedence over Jesus Christ? Our spiritual life can take second place in our life real quick. And it's in that place that we become defeated, We become depressed even, anxious. I don't know how many Christians you know, but I know tons of them that are depressed and anxious. That is so sad. It's there that we become complacent, lukewarm. Lukewarm. We know that story, right? And the devil wins. That's the worst thing he wins. From there we feel condemned, just like the writing in the sand. We need to read more, we need to pray more, we need to worship harder, louder, bigger. But the challenge is who or what is our faith in? You know, um, I heard someone say this once. When you think about a day, what occupies your thinking the most in that day? That's probably your God. And so when we're reading, are we reading because we have a reading plan to get through the Bible in a year? Are we reading because we're going to teach a Bible study or we're going to preach a sermon or, 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 or? Or are we reading because we get to (laughs) and because we want to learn more about the one we love? When we're praying, are we praying mostly for the things that we need and want or are we praying for the world? Are we praying for the authorities? Are we praying for Israel? Are we praying for the guy next door that really, you know... And when we worship, oh my goodness, worship is so great these days, isn't it? Yeah. I came to the Lord in the vineyard music stage. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> but it's even better now. It's even better. I finally got rid of my, my vineyard CDs. <laughs> want to replace them with Connor. But when we come to worship, you said it this morning, uh, Connor, we're not coming to enjoy the good music or, he, or hear the voices of ourselves or the guy next to us. You, I don't come to hear my own voice. I always wanted a voice like Cheryl. Yeah. God hasn't granted my wish yet. <laughs> but we come to worship Him. Him. And we can do that with music or we can do that in silence and being still and knowing that he's God. That's probably the most important place to worship. And it's the hardest. But it's the most, um, it's it's the most, it's the best. (laughs) It's the place where you meet the lover of your soul. In Galatians 6 5, the word tells us very clearly that we're responsible for our own conduct. I came across this quote by accident. Uh, those that know, know me would know why. It's a quote by Lou Holtz. I think he's some kind of a sports guy, isn't he? Is he? Okay, well, I think he is. And, and so, I'm not a sports person, so I came by it accidentally. But it's really good. It, he says, Ability is what we are capable of doing. Motivation determines what, what we do, and attitude determines how well we do it. Because of the place that I was saved from, I, I, I was born again with a big yes in my spirit. And I'm, I'm thankful every single day for that. And I say yes, Lord, all the time, not even knowing what I'm saying yes to. Just I know who I'm saying yes to. And I know if I say yes to him, it's going to be good. And so if you don't have a yes in your spirit, ask for one. And while you're waiting for you to get it, start saying, yes, Lord. Because when you say, yes, Lord, the doors of heaven are open. (laughs) His will will be done. The other thing that, that I came through the birth canal with was I get to. I don't have to. You know, that's the most wonderful thing about Jesus. The Holy Spirit never makes us do anything. He prepares a way. He gives an invitation. He makes room, all of these things. And we can or we can't. It's up to us. We. It's up to us. And so the things that... that that the Lord has allowed me to participate in over 21 years is, is how old I am in the Lord. Um, <laughs> I, I can't believe that I get to. Like honestly, I just can't believe it. I can't believe that I'm standing in front of you speaking today. I said to Ryan, those guys intimidate me, they're so smart. <laughs> he said, it's okay, Linda. <laughs> Uh, It's true, though. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, it just blows my mind that he can use me. (laughs) And so, at the bridge, you will hear many people say, I get to. It's our language. (laughs) It's part of our DNA. We get to. And you know, the hard things are not so bad when you know you don't have to, but that you get to. So today, I want to leave you with a challenge. It's the same challenge that I was faced with about six months ago. Take a step back from where you are and examine the place you're in, your priorities, your desires, and the condition of your faith. I wish I had time to talk about faith. I think, as the body of Christ, we so underutilize what Jesus has provided for us. And going into this season, you know, where he he died on the cross for us, we don't appropriate what he's provided for us. We 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 sell ourselves short, and we don't do the world any justice. No wonder they're not interested in Christianity. Some Christians aren't even interested in the church anymore. You know, all these are factors in our complacent Christian life. It's up to us to find our motivation, to adjust our attitude, and to put Jesus on the top of our priority list. I believe you here in this house are no different than we are in our house. I believe that you want to see Jesus become famous. Do do you? Yes! I think you want to make room for him to be glorified and to dwell among you the same as we do. We need to be compelled to worship our king, our daddy, because we love him. We need to be driven to serve the one that we follow the way he served. We need to be eager to hear him. We need to be desperate to hear him. We need to be desperate, desperate to hear him. And then we need to have the courage to obey him. You know, in the busyness of our world, it's very very hard to hear the still, small voice. We need to dial down sit down at the feet of Jesus and wait. Mm -hmm. That is warfare. And we really miss out on that because we're too busy. This requires putting ourselves, our desires and our complacency to the side for the sake of His glory. We don't have to, as I said, we get to. We get to serve the one that we adore. He gives us the ability to do that with the power of the Spirit of God in us. And he guides us. He teaches us. He leads us. He he gives it all to us. We need to dream big. I, I I need to tell you that in the beginning of the bridge, uh, I had no idea what I was getting into. I thought we were going to be in this little place for two months. I was going to have an opportunity to tell the people my testimony of how Jesus transformed my life and set me free. And I I thought you know if we bring one people one person to the Lord in that or or a hundred, or if we bring a smile to one person's face, or a hundred, it's better than just getting fatter and fatter sitting in the pew. And that was it. And I would have to be here all day to tell you how it unfolded and unfolded and continues to unfold. And then about five years ago the Lord said to me, Linda, your, vi- your vision is puny. Who? Okay then. <laughs> So, I enlarged it. (laughs) That was fun, wasn't it, Brad? Ah, It was fun. It really was fun. (laughs) We need to dream big. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more and your greatest request, your utmost unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power consistently energizes you. Woo! <laughs> uh, you don't have to get older, you can get better. Energizes you. That's so good. Okay, so getting back to the dream. Um, 20 years later, I'm, I'm, I'm standing here and I'm, I'm looking at all that the Lord has put in our hands. And I think the dream has only just begun. I'm even afraid to tell you all the things that I believe the Lord has speak, spoken to me. But over time, you'll find out. (laughs) And so six months ago, when I took a step back, I, I looked around and I thought, "Okay, Lord, you have entrusted us with something much bigger than I would have ever expected. And you are doing much more than I would have ever expected. And we need to be good stewards with what the Lord has put in our hands. And so that's another challenge to you. What has the Lord put in your hands? What is the dream He's put in your heart? Mm-hmm. Nothing is impossible. And so if we keep on doing what we've always done, we'll keep on getting what we always have, right? right. So, I, um, for, enough, for about two years, I knew um, that one day, Ryan, who you most, know, most of you know, would, uh, would come alongside me in a director-type position. And um, six months ago, I knew instantly it's time. And so um, Ryan is now the director of operations, and I'm still there. <laughs> Some people have said, oh, I heard you're leaving the bridge. <laughs> no, I'm not leaving the bridge uh, that I know of right now. And, um, and together, we're going to unfold the next season of The Vision. So, um, so thank you for investing in him. Um, he's, uh, both of them, they're, they're an amazing couple, and uh, I have the joy of uh, calling them my spiritual kids, and um, working with Ryan on a daily basis is exciting and fun. Um, however, Change is uncomfortable. And when you uh, birth a vision, if you've ever done that, you would know what I'm talking about, and I'm sure you can imagine even if you haven't. When you, when you birth a vision, it's like a baby, and the baby's grown up, the baby's 20 now, and things have been going, you know, hmm, I know how they're going because I'm going with them. <laughs> and someone new comes in, in this case, not new, but new to the position, things are changing. And it means that I need to start remembering that, oh, yeah, I don't do that anymore. Right. I, I I don't do that anymore. No, no, you can do that now. Mm-hmm. And so together, uh, we're working that out. And we're figuring it out. And it's fun. It's really fun. But there is something in here that... <laughs> And mostly, because I'm not exactly sure what my position is going to look like. <laughs> but what I am very excited about is something that we're putting in place right now, and this is part of, a big part of what I'm doing right now, is we are going to be offering uh, internships at the bridge. So they will be uh, somewhat like a DTS, And we're just putting the structure of that together right now. And so that's very exciting for me. We, last year, had uh, an intern for one year that sort of just showed up and and we didn't really know what we were doing but it turned out to be a year and at the end we thought, wow, we just did an internship. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. So that's one thing that I'll be doing. And another thing that um, I'm going to have time and and focus for is more prayer ministry, to train others and to be able to pray with more people. And that is where my heart pumps really fast, when I see Jesus show up and set people free. You know about that. You do that here. Um, So ways that you might continue your investment and your partnership with us. First of all, would you pray for me? And Ryan, that we would walk this out that would be in a way that would be well-pleasing to the Lord, and that we would have He de- define our roles, and that He will be the one that will uh, show us the next step. Um, on a personal note, you can pray for me. On the 24th of this month, those of you who are parents and grandparents, you'll be able to relate to this. Uh, on the 24th of this month, my son, daughter-in-law and my precious granddaughter, who's six, are moving to Norway. And that's a big heartache for me. <laughs> a big loss, actually. Not that they're, I'm losing them, but you understand. Like She's someone I, I saw every week and had sleepover every week, and, and it's just going to be a big hole in my life. But she says, don't worry, Grandma, we're going to Skype every week. And I can show you the things I really like, and you can mail them to me. (laughs) So she's got it figured out. (laughs) Plus, the miraculous hand of the Lord, that he provides what we need when we need it. A friend of mine phoned up and said, I heard your kids are moving. Your son is moving to Norway. And I said, yes. She said, oh, my heart is breaking for you because she knows my relationship with my, daughter, my granddaughter. So she said, I'm phoning you today because I want you to know that my husband and I are going to buy you a ticket to go there and visit them for Christmas. <laughs> That's the other thing I want to tell you. You cannot outgive the Lord. You cannot outgive the Lord. Try to. I dare you. I double dare you. You cannot outgive the Lord. When you're about his business, he is about your business. When he's number one, everything else falls in place. That's what the scripture says, right? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So you can pray for me. You can pray for Ryan and I. Um, you can pray for the ministry of the bridge and for the people that are making steps forward, that they wouldn't be snatched by the enemy. It's so hard. It's so, so hard. You can only imagine. You know, you're walking this way and everything is good, and, and then something comes up and you're taken out just that quick. It's hard for all of us, but it's harder for those that are living right in the lion's den. Um, We have a uh, prayer newsletter that goes out once a month if you're interested in praying specifically for things um, You can go on to the website or call our office and get signed up for that You can volunteer we had uh, I Think 8,000 no, um, maybe oh, I'm really bad with numbers Brad aren't I Um, I think it was eight or so 8,000 hours of volunteer help last year. That's a lot of manpower That's a lot of manpower. And guess what? It's not enough. So there's many ways, many days and times that you can volunteer. Again, if you go on the website, the forms are there, everything is there. You can contact Carla. She'll show you around and get you ready and you can get plugged in. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, and I make no apologies for this, we need money. We need money. So right now, um, our expenses, I don't call it a budget because I hate budgets, so we don't have one. But we have expenses, and the expenses are about $55,000 a month to operate. Um, Of that $55,000, we have committed giving around $30,000. So if you do the math, you can figure out that there's quite a chunk there that we have to have faith for. And, and I'm, I'm not afraid to have faith. Um, but, but the thing is, when you, when you are uh, having faith and going this way for the expenses, it's hard to develop what the Lord is calling over here. And so it would be very comfortable to at least rise that a little bit. So monthly giving is the way to go. And it's really easy You just go onto the website and it says donate here and you can just sign up. Or you can give a one-time gift or you can sell your farm and bring the money. (laughs) Whatever you want.